0: George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management, registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced level tax planning, income tax preparation, life coaching, and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice. As a CFP and RFC, George McReynolds' mission is to help people create compelling dreams for their future, the plans to attain them, and the time to enjoy them. This is the Prosper Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another
1: edition of the podcast. This is the Prosper Podcast with George McReynolds, hanging out with me as we talk about investing finance and retirement, maybe share a useful nugget or two of information with you along the way. George, buddy, what's going on? How are you? It's a wonderful
2: life again, Mark wonderful
1: well that's good we're having a little bit of technical troubles with our microphones today so hopefully we'll be able to get through this and sound pretty good and uh you were having a little car trouble today too it sounded like
2: yeah yeah actually it was resolving a lot of car trouble that's been hanging around for months but uh all four vehicles are uh on their way the rv is inspected i uh, just have to pick that up the corvette Uh, We fixed the exhaust problem and dropped that off for inspection. Got my Lexus back after, uh, after about six months. I did not have a blown gasket. It was just a hole in the radiator. And meantime it's been sitting there and the truck is running wonderful.
1: There you so go. I'm a man
2: with cars. I'm a man <laughs> of transportation.
1: Well, you know, I was gonna hit you hit you with this headline and say, you know, if you gotta get these cars fixed, maybe you can use your thousand dollar freedom dividend that Andrew Yang wants to give us all monthly if he's elected president. Have you seen this?
2: Well, yeah, just a headline. But I got to tell you, I think what's going to have to happen is I'm going to have to use that $1,000 to pay the $1,200 higher taxes that I'm going to have to pay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. These- it's, it's never worked. Somebody has to come up with it. Yeah. These politicians, they don't know how economy works or where the money comes from. And they think, you know, uh, chicken and beef come from the grocery store. Right. As well, <laughs> the vegetables. They don't know about farms. Right. But the universal income has repeatedly failed through history in every place around the world and someone has to come up with the money and it just causes inflation the cost of living is going to go up a thousand dollars it just doesn't work it's it's classic uh, Albert Einstein insanity keep doing the same thing expecting a different result
1: yeah and for our listeners who may not know what I'm talking about one of the 475,000 people that are running for president I think Andrew Yang has this thing he's saying where he wants to give every American family a thousand dollar quote unquote freedom dividend monthly. And, uh, you know, do the math on that, George, if it's a thousand dollars for every family, I mean, every month, I mean, what is that? Like $2 billion annually or something? It's crazy. So yeah,
2: it's more than that, it was there, 2 uh, trillion. It was 2 trillion. That's right. 100 million households in the U S Yeah, and that's $12,000 a year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and then
2: they're going to have to have the processing cost for that. So to get a $1,000 checkout, it's going to cost 1200 And that 1200 has got to come from somewhere.
1: Yeah. So these things just are funny. They're they're usually designed to get your you know hopefully get your vote or get your attention or whatever. They just always crack me up because they don't seem to have any real backing for this kind of stuff, and so it just kind of becomes headline fodder. And that's our headline for this week uh, to kick things off here on the program on the Prosper Podcast. So let's hit our main topic this week, George, and that's variables that shape our retirement. If all the variables in retirement planning were the same, it'd make your job pretty easy, right? You could just come Good in and.
2: I just have I get by with a calculator and a a little notepad.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: All this uh, all this integrated software that we have
1: to use. Right, but the fact that everybody is different is kind of what makes it fun. You're like uh, solving puzzles or unraveling mysteries type of thing, right?
2: You're you're absolutely right. It it does make it fun.
1: Yeah. Okay. So on today's show, let's explain why answers to some of retirement's critical questions do actually vary from person to person. People hear it all the time. We say it all the time. We say everybody is unique and different when it comes to their financial plan. And it's true. uh, We have things that are similarities and generalities, but we are all different. So let's talk about income because that's the main piece we want to focus on, how much income we're going to need. But that's a variable for everybody.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, The uh, software uh, program or the retirement planning program we use, there's about 3 million retirement plans in there. And in most of the cases, the goals were just entered by the financial advisor, and it's just a flat one single income goal. And they found that when they let the clients enter the goals, they come up with like 16 different goals. And that really leads to the accuracy of the plan. So I like to say, you know, when you have your travel in the good years, you go on the cruise and in the bad years, you stay home and watch the love boat. But the travel plans can really impact a a retirement and it's going to change over time. So some people front load their travel. And so we might consider, you know, a certain like four or $5,000 a year for some great vacations over the next five or 10 years and then stop them or reduce them. And then we might want to increase our healthcare costs at that point. Some people have hobbies and some of the hobbies can be really expensive. If you own a boat or a guitar or an RV, uh, you're going to need a little <laughs> more money than a person that doesn't have those things.
1: <laughs> As a and, person that uh, has a boat. Your,
2: your income need change, especially if you have a fixed rate mortgage. Your other expenses, your taxes, your homeowner's insurance, they're going to go up. But if you've got a fixed rate mortgage, the mortgage payment is not going to go up. In fact, that's eventually going to go away. So those affect how much income you're going to need over different periods of time with your financial plan.
1: Well, as somebody who owns a boat and a guitar, I agree with you <laughs> on that. So all right, so that's our that's our income needs. Uh we that's a variable that's gonna affect us all differently. And of course, when it comes to income, now we got to think about, you know, it's not what you make, but it's what you keep, that old saying. So we got to look at taxes, how much we're actually going to pay in taxes, because this can be a big make or break kind of place for retirement plans. You want to be as tax efficient as possible. And with ever changing or potentially changing taxes on the horizon, uh, this is certainly a wise place to get smart on.
2: Yes, we actually do an end-of-the-year tax plan in November for our clients just to see where they are in terms of withholding and if there's any opportunities to do any planning to either accelerate deductions or accelerate income. And sometimes we find that when people are retired, we can convert some income that would be taxable later into income that would be taxable never, move things into a Roth or, or other types of things. When we actually do a full retirement plan, though, We start out with the after-tax amount of money the client needs for their different goals. And then for every year, we're building a tax return from the bottom up. How much after-tax money do we need? And then we see where that's going to come from and see what kind of taxes it causes, and then figure out what's the most cost-effective way. But for each year, we create a a whole tax return, so to speak, for 30, 40 years of the plan.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, and again, it's good to go planning ahead of time and planning throughout the year as well, not just tax prep, which a lot of us are guilty of. We go, oh, taxes are due April 15th, so I should get started kind of thing. When you're talking about retirement and pre-retirement, you want to be tax efficient and tax planning all year long. All right, so let's hit uh, longevity here, George. This is definitely a variable. Um, Sadly, my, my favorite aunt just passed away last night at the time of taping this podcast she lived to 87. Most of the females in my family on that side do live longer, but the males all pass away in their sixties. But that doesn't just necessarily mean that I'm going to pass away in my sixties. So I need to plan as though I'm going to live, you know, a nice long life.
2: Absolutely. Ensure like you're going to die tomorrow, but invest and plan like you're going to live forever. And when we figure out a plan, the first thing I ask a client is, uh, what's your, family health, and then we look at the life expectancy. And I tell them, if we plan, if we create a retirement plan for your life expectancy, there's a 50% chance you're going to run out of money.
1: How do you like those odds? Yeah, I'm not crazy about 50%.
2: No, no, I wouldn't be. So what we do is we, we look at a client's health, their current health. We look at their family history. Uh, of course, if they're a smoker or not, that affects it. And then we look at the longevity charts or the life expectancy tables and see what's the probability. We also look at what's the probability of one of them reaching uh, an even longer age. That, so we don't know which person's going to, to be the, the oldest, but we can figure out what are the odds of one of them surviving to say 100, as well as uh, where we start most of the planning is where is their 30% life expectancy? Where is their a 30% chance that they're going to live the longest. And that's what we use for planning. And uh, if the plan works there, then it's a great plan. If it doesn't, again, we factor in their current health, their family longevity, and um, if they smoke or not. And uh, that's the best way to plan.
1: Yeah, I think those are some great points to think about. Longevity is, you know, it is such a massive variable in everybody's life. So you have to have the conversations with yourself, with your spouse. You can look at those indicators like genetics and things, but they are not the be-all end-all. So you want to look at how your lifestyle is. Are you more active than maybe past generations? All these things that George and I have covered here on the program. So a lot of useful information today on the podcast. We're talking about Variables that shape each person's retirement plan. And if you need some help, if you got some questions, don't forget you can always go to the website. You can check out, George's got a couple of them, but you can go to prosperpodcast.com. That's prosperpodcast.com. And uh, while you're there, subscribe to the show and get updates and get past episodes and future episodes and all those good kinds of things. Apple, Google, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, if you'd like a little help or if you've got some questions, give him a jingle at 215-699-1050. That's 215-699-1050. George is a wealth manager and chief tax strategist at McReynolds Wealth Management, serving you in southeastern PA here in the Philly area. So check him out online at prosperpodcast.com. All right, George, Social Security, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the huge variable That is Social Security, when to take it, uh, how to do it, married, not married, yada, yada, yada.
2: Yes, Social Security is an important planning consideration. Uh, It's not as complex as it used to be. There used to be for a married couple, 81 different choices they had with Social Security. There's fewer now, but there's still just every bit as important. The life expectancy is a consideration. How much money you actually have? Can you afford to delay your Social Security or must you start tapping it for income as soon as possible? And then uh, other income streams and uh, what's your actual retirement age? Those are important considerations. One of the things that I run into frequently, because I work with a lot of Pennsylvania teachers and first responders, a lot of uh, police and firemen, uh, especially from city of Philadelphia, Montgomery County. They have what's called the drop, which is a way to save money from their pension when they're eligible. And they also, though, are subject to what's called a government pension offset and a windfall elimination with Social Security. Many of them did not pay into Social Security with their police or fire or teachers' employment, so they don't qualify for Social Security on that. But if they work part-time summers or part-time in in other employment or, or after retirement, that may qualify them for Social Security, but they still get reduced even though they've independently qualified for it. And in a lot of cases, I find that because of the size of the pension and the amount of the offset, that all they will ever get is the minimum pension. Uh, or, I'm sorry, all they will ever get is the minimum Social Security benefit. I had a hypothetical friend who, five years before retirement, came to me and I did all the calculations and I said, You're going to get about $500 a month. And uh, every year the subject came up. He went to a couple of seminars that different fin- other financial planners had and they gave him all kinds of information. And he actually went to the Social Security office and they gave him a number. And he came back to me and kind of gloated a little bit that he's going to get so much money. And I said, Hey, it's still going to be about $500 a month. And then after he actually filed, it was $480 is how much he actually got because of the pension offset. So in those cases, he's never going to get a raise, right, with inflation. It's always going to get crammed down. So he's better off starting as soon as possible at age 62, where other people, if they can get the Cost of living benefit, as well as the increases for the delay, that can be substantial, especially if there's the uh, the tax benefit, where maximum eighty five percent of your Social Security is taxable.
1: Well, I mean that's you know I think that's really interesting stories, and and I'm sure I'm sure that guy's response was interesting as well. But yeah, I mean we've got to really look at Social Security. We've got to be working with an advisor because there are so many little things that we just you know it's easy to. I don't know. It's easy to kind of think about the market run the last 10 years and doing it yourself. You know, maybe that was kind of easy. It definitely was easier for a lot of people. But then when you get to preservation and distribution like retirement, man, there's so many little facets like what you were just describing, George, that it makes it tough for a lot of us who don't do this every day. This is for most of us. If we planned our own retirement, it's going to be the one and only retirement we ever plan. Versus someone like yourself who does this all the time. So again, that's one of the reasons we do the show is to hopefully uh, give you some useful nuggets of information to think about. Uh, let me hit one more here on our topic of uh, variables, George, and that's just money that's at risk when we retire. So at the time of this podcast taping, the market has yet again bounced itself back up to the, oh just over twenty seven thousand. It's easy to get you know to get excited and want to squeak out a little bit more money here and there but we have to be smart about the risk levels we're taking into retirement, right?
2: Absolutely. Is there any any saying that's older than don't put all your eggs into one basket? Not really. Uh, But some people just, they can't resist that. A few years ago, I came up with, uh, from a continuing education program I went to, I came up with a much simpler way to show people their retirement using buckets. And they should have their money spread across three buckets. One is the safety bucket. One is the income bucket, and one is the growth bucket. And in the safety bucket, that's how much money are they going to spend over the next 6 to 12 months that's already designated, whether it's the regular monthly bills or to pay for the, the uh, Mediterranean cruise, and then also a cushion, a cash reserve. And that's how much goes into the safety bucket, and that's where it starts. And then there's income. Income is money that you spend on a regular monthly basis, or even quarterly. And that could come from pensions, from Social Security, or it could come from systematic withdrawals from accounts. And then you have the growth bucket. The growth bucket is for HITS, H-I-T-S. And it's important to do it in that order. But H is for healthcare, I is inflation, T is for taxes, and S is for surprises. So that's the purpose of the growth bucket. So the money that's not in the safety bucket or the income bucket is used for growing and and spending later. And as as inflation hits, the income part has to increase to pay for the higher taxes or the higher health care or the higher gasoline costs. Well, usually with inflation, we have an increase in the economy. So the growth bucket has probably grown quite a bit. So when that happens, you move money out of the growth bucket into the income bucket and also with that comes higher interest rates so you probably won't move as much money and that's a real simple on a yellow pad calculation retirement plan that's real simple and easy and people seem to really understand that now when we actually do a full retirement plan we factor in a great deal of randomness we factor in for you know for someone's retiring at 55 we may consider 40,000 years of investing, and then we look at the probability of success. What are the odds that their plan will survive? We never want anyone at 100. In fact, nobody ever gets a 100. Even if Bill Gates spends a dollar a year for a million years, he doesn't get 100%. <laughs> but we want people to be somewhere between 70 and 90 early on, and between 80 and 95 as they get older when they have fewer options. When it's less than 70, you're in uncertainty. You don't have enough certainty that your plan's gonna work. When it's above 90, you're living in what we call sacrifice, and that's having too much money on the wrong end of the plan. Do you want $200,000 when you're 92, or would you rather have $75,000 when you're 62 and can do something better with it? Hmm. Uh, So that's how we do an in-depth plan, but there's a lot of, of advanced math calculating in that. But in 15 minutes, I can do a yellow pad retirement plan using the buckets. And most importantly, people understand it and they get a sense of security when they see that.
1: Well, I think that's a really good point. I mean, that... that understanding it goes a long way to making things digestible for most of us and so these are some things that are some variables that could shape your retirement plan and so hopefully that helps you out and you found something useful in there uh, if you again if you do have questions as always before you take any actions talk with a qualified professional like George McReynolds wealth manager and chief tax strategist and you can call him at 215-699-1050 or you can go and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Google or Spotify at <coughs> prosper podcast .com. Well, we're going to take off this week here on the podcast and uh, and get back on with our day. But before we do, I'll hit you with a fun little getting to know you comment. If you were asked what the golden days or the good old days, I should say, for you are, what do you look, look back most timely on? Give me like a time period, George.
2: Absolutely the 80s. It yeah. was... Uh, I was in my later 20s. I w- had been an action hero waiting to happen. Uh, <laughs> I was in great physical shape, uh, found the love of my life. I was just getting married and I changed careers. And I was getting, it's unbelievable the amount of money that I was making in banking compared to uh, getting shot at for $11,000 a year as a rookie cop and uh, everything was just wonderful. The 80s were just fantastic. The economy was booming, yeah. uh, at least after 82. And um, everything was good. Bought a house, had a car, had a great job. Wore a suit to work. And yeah,
1: there you go. Uh, it was good. And I don't care what anybody says. The music and the movies were great <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> I'm an 80s guy myself. So there you go. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for your time on the Prosper Podcast this week. We're going to let you go. We'll get on about our day. But make sure you give George a call if you got questions or subscribe to our podcast. Go to prosperpodcast.com. That's prosperpodcast.com. We'll catch you next time here on the program.
0: George McReynolds of McReynolds Wealth Management. Registered principal. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer member, FINRA SIPC. Investment advisor representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and McReynolds Wealth Management are not affiliated. Advanced-level tax planning, income tax preparation, life coaching and time management consulting services, and fixed insurance products and services are separate and unrelated to Cambridge. Cambridge does not offer tax advice.